is another spine-tingling Spidey Super Story. In today's episode, Spidey tries to answer this question. Who stole the show? Tune in next time when Spidey says... In case you're wondering, yes, that is indeed from the Electric Company from the 1970s. Loved it. But this is episode 196 for October 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on A plus X number 2. It sounds like an algebra problem, but it's got Spider-Man in it, trust me. This one's teams Spidey up with the Beast to take on zombies. And if that wasn't enough, Peter David also has a backup story with Iron Man and Kitty Pride, and they take on the Brood. Well, the cover prize is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. All right, we're going to tackle the message board questions. Uh, Scarlet Spider from someplace random and unethical. Okay. A couple questions. Gang, have your thoughts changed at all on the new Spidey flick, or are you still firm in your opinion from the Colin show? Still love the movie. Thought it was awesome. So I haven't seen it again, so my opinion's the same. Yeah. Anybody changed? If not, we can move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, Have any of you seen The Dark Knight Rises? Thoughts? I saw it. I thought it was the weakest of the three, but it was still enjoyable. Uh, I might agree that it's not as proficient as the first two, but I still loved it. I, I, le- I saw it three times as well as Spider-Man left with a big grin on my face. A buddy of mine went to see it at work, saw it four times. I think I saw it four times. My, I, you know what? I, I, it's a long movie, though. I, I can't see a movie in the theater multiple times anymore like it could as a kid. I don't know what it's It about. has to be damn good, and that movie was damn good. In my opinion, it wasn't quite The Dark Knight, but I liked it better than Batman Begins. Maybe it's because of the prices. Maybe that's it. liked it. Uh, with the new Guardians of the Galaxy film coming out, which I'm excited about, go get that those back issues by DNA. Awesome. What are some other characters that are not in pu- the public's eye as much to be in their own film? Or future team film, I for one would love to have Nova in a comic. Anybody? I um, maybe other people should answer. I don't really have an answer. I think Namor would be a, a good movie. Like you know, movie. I'd like to see like my Marvel horror corner of the universe, like the Midnight Suns characters have a movie together. It would be awesome. Boy, you know what? I've, I, I'm halfway through the Ghost Rider two sequel. Good lord, that Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they Holy brought Nick Cage back, you should have expected crap. That was an event. Oh, gosh, that's bad. That's that's almost as bad as Punisher Warzone. Well, to be honest, as much as Ghost Rider 2 is a terrible movie, I thought it was better than the first one. Because the first one was a travesty of a movie. See, I liked the first one. And I, I, I people are always shocked when I say that. I, I thought it was funny. But I'm not... I'm I guess I'm not the, that. the Ghost Rider and the fact that they must have trampled his origin or whatever. Was the second one rated R? I forgot. PG-13, I think. What are your thoughts on Marvel possibly getting the rights back to Daredevil after Fox tried to extend their rights to make a reboot? Apparently even Stan Lee hated that movie. He was in it! (laughs) (laughs) For two seconds. Uh, I like the original original Daredevil movie and the theatrical cut. I I don't really understand. Besides the playground fight, I don't understand why people say it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I'm actually with you. I like the theatrical cut, and I like the director's cut even better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Does it open your hopes to a Marvel Spidey movie, or is it just uh, one-time thing due to the general failure of the last Daredevil movie? Daredevil made like $100 million. It wasn't a failure. It's got nothing to do with failure. It's a matter of they had a certain amount of time to make another Daredevil movie to keep the rights, and they didn't. With Spider-Man, they just made another movie. It was very successful. They're going to keep making them, so we're not going to get the rights back to Marvel. Do you guys see that YouTube video of the 70s Daredevil pitch? That looked like crap. I never saw that. I thought it looked awesome. Everybody saying how cool it looked, but it, I mean, why the hell? It looked like crap. Was it anything like that, well, the, that Incredible Hulk movie? No. <laughs> I'm not seeing this. The thing is, if, if my history's right, Hell's Kitchen in the 70s was like they portrayed in Marvel Comics, where there's just rampant crime. And I think that's what they were trying to do. I could be wrong. But 
I think a 70s Daredevil would kick ass. Spider Venom from the Bay Area in California. Hi, gang. Uh, what are you guys expecting from Minimum Carnage? Chris, that's aimed to you. Are you looking forward to the Venom Scarlet Spider crossovers? Kevin, you can have that too. Any predictions on Minimum Carnage? I'll go first. Uh, yes, I am down for some Carnage. Um, the only question <laughs> is if you all are bad enough to join me. Wow. <laughs> Hell yeah, home skillet. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Kevin, follow that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, Venom Scarlet Spider crossover. I've, I love Scarlet Spider. I haven't been reading Venom, but Crazy Chris's reviews make them make it sound pretty good. Um, Carnage is cool, and hopefully it'll up the uh, up the profile of Scarlet Spider a bit. Although I think it's funny when you if you told me in or if you told somebody reading the Clone Saga in the '90s that there was going to be a Scarlet Spider Venom team up, they would have said, "Okay, I've seen those two characters together before." If you told them it was going to be a Kane and Flash Thompson team up, they oh, would have man. thought you were on drugs. Brad, how was Comic Con? Any good stories? I said that earlier in the show. Had a freaking blast. So uh, listen to the previous episode for that one. Jr. For the lols, what are you doing to celebrate Spider-Man's 50th birthday? <laughs> I'm trying to work myself into good enough shape so that I will be here for his 100th. Ooh, there you go, Jr. How old will be we be in 50 years? I will be five, six, seven. I will be 77 years old. In 50 years? I think you're 50. miscounting. Yeah, I'll be 83, dude. Wait a minute. Wait I'll a minute. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm dead. <laughs> Don, there's no way you'll be 83 either, because I'll yeah, be 75. I'll be I'll be 73. That's right. <laughs> None of us. How to do math? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's why we read too many comic books. We cannot do math. Well, Let's it's because see. we keep getting reboots and renumbers all the time. We don't know what number lies beyond twelve. Right. I take it back. Twenty will be one. I be eighty-seven years old. Welcome back to the Spider-Man Crossbase <laughs> podcast. Uh, anyway, uh, Don uh, Jr. Answer that, Don and Bertoni. Did you? Uh, Guys, didn't you guys at San Diego? Didn't see us. Oh, did see you guys at San Diego, but I had lots of fun. Hoping you guys did too. Awesome first experience, even if there were only two yeah, days. Yeah, I, I was looking up for him because I, I remember him saying that Spider Venom was going to be at the SGCC, but I we didn't see him. Sorry. Was good time. Just wish that there was you know actual stuff and news announced. <laughs> yeah. Right. There was more news that came out after San Diego than that was in it. Yeah. Oh, and, and before they announced, like, "Hey, so we released this solicitation. Here's um, a follow-up on that, and uh, this solicitation. Uh, what projects are going on?" All right, let's see the next one. Uh, Iron Patriot from China. To anybody who else reading, uh, anybody else really wanting to see a truly evil villain in the movies? Out of the six villains, only three—Venom, Harry Osborn, and Sandman—weren't. Jekyll and Hyde types, and even then, Sam and Harry arguably aren't real bad guys. Oh, yeah, I guess mean that like all the villains were like redeemed at the end or something. Yeah, Doc Ock got better. Uh, Norman Osborn said, "Don't tell Harry." <laughs> don't tell uh, Harry. Don't tell Harry. Uh, three Sandman drifted off. We see uh, Carnage and be completely irredeemable. Uh, Harry came yeah, back to the light side. Lizard got better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Carnage is just an absolute evil villain. I see what he's saying. And, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I see the fact that, like, all these guys, it becomes more of a human interest story than a bad guy, good guy story. But uh, so far, it's never really bothered me, but maybe they could go for something more evil. With Batman's villains, like, you can't see the Joker at the end of the movie going, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, that My, bad. My bad, you know? Is there any Spider-Man villain that doesn't have a bit of humanistic, human aspect in him? Uh, I mean, Rhino, Rhino would be, go good at the end. Uh, so inhuman that Rhino. Carnage would not. I can't think of any others. I think um, there's there's so many. The Vulture. Oh, the Vulture. Vulture like apologizes to Aunt May, like I'm sorry I killed your fiance, who will never sorry. again. Nathan. So uh, did Electro it? never really goes good. Yeah, shocking. Uh, did anyone <laughs> read Captain Marvel and her appearance in Avenging? What did you think? I did not care for they it. They advertised Captain Marvel so much at the Spider-Man panel that I actively didn't read it. 
<laughs> That's because Steve Wacker is editing the book. That's why they're advertising it as a Spider-Man panel. And however, one of a couple of the biggest Spider-Man fans that you've ever met, me and Jr. We aren't buying it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Even I said shit. No. Uh, <laughs> to Brad, are you gonna go? Are you ever going to appear on Pad Smash, the Peter David Hulk podcast? Also, what do you think of the '80s Hulk magazine? Uh, you know what? I apologize to the webmaster of the Pad Smash podcast. I did get an invite from you. I've just been so busy. I barely have enough time to put my own shit out. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank you for the invite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of work to do, but maybe in the future, because you've got a long show ahead of you with the Padcast, Pad Smash podcast. So, I, if I get some extra time, I would love to be a guest, and thank you for offering. The 80s Hulk magazine aimed at, a, at a, an adult crowd. I have a vivid memory of being a 10-year-old kid reading the Hulk magazine. Bruce Banner is cleaning a bathroom. He just got a job, and these guys try to rape him in the bathroom. Oh, I read about that when I was doing a, a presentation in my, uh, one of my feminist classes. I, and I'm like, whoa, this is not the Hulk I know. Uh, so, <laughs> and, but I, I've got the Rampaging Hulk uh, Essential books. Uh, haven't really read them uh, since that young 10-year-old kid saw Bruce Banner was prison ass. So, <laughs> you said that so, this episode more than any other time. That was Kevin's bag, damn it. Right. Uh, <laughs> to Donovan, have you read, have you read any novels lately? Uh, I feel like I should be doing a stellar impression right now, but uh, I can't get my voice that high. Uh, I'm almost actually I'm almost embarrassed that I, I can't answer this. Uh, yeah, I, 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 have, I got this book um, last Christmas called IQ84 by Haruki Murakami, who's like currently my favorite novelist. Uh, it's basically like like an alternate. It's almost like an alternate version of uh, 1984 in Japan. And also, I am reading uh, Too Many Crooks by Richard uh, S. Prather, which is a um, um, a uh, pulp novel. But unfortunately, I've been so busy with work that like I've I've only like halfway through both, and I wish I had more time to read them. But those technically those are ones I'm reading. Yeah. Steve Rogers from New York City. Donovan, another Donovan question. Why can't comic creators and trade paperbacks just be up front and say, quote, Power sorry? <laughs> Why can't trade paperbacks just to talk? <laughs> paperbacks, I'm so sorry. Why can't the powers that be? Yeah, I, I'm bad with abbreviations sometimes. Uh, just be up front, LOL. Sorry, we just aren't going to use your favorite character for a while, but you never know what someone down the line will want to do. And hey, you can still enjoy their stories and back issues, unquote. I think if they did that, the backlash and the rage quit from fans would be lessened. Instead, they constantly tease us every few months. Why, Donovan? Why? You're talking to me specifically because of the whole Cassandra Kane, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, Wally West thing in DC. Uh, oh, I'm glad it's on Spider-Man show. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, guess, I guess suppose if, if you know, like back when Mary Jane was in the title, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. That's tying it Spider-Man. There you go. Those are kind of examples. Um, more often than not, lately, within the past decade, tend to be on writers, you know, preferences for certain characters, not on the stories they want to tell. I don't buy, I don't buy this crap that people would rather read a, more, a Barry Allen comic than a Wally West comic. Um, I think that they, if they're that up front, then they might be afraid by the reaction. Uh, honestly, that's, that's why. I mean, I think it's honest that for them to say, you know, like, um, we, we don't want to use these characters, we want to use these other characters, you know, and then you can ask, be honest with that. You don't, we don't have to like it, but this whole... You know, like, oh, we're, we're thinking of a story for them. It just, it just feels disingenuous when everything is, you know, just kind of points to the opposite. And I could get into this for hours and hours and hours, but I won't. Josh, we have a friend's question from you for you. What fictional character is a more horrible person, Betty Brant or Rachel Green, who played by Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been so long since, like, I've, like, because I watched Friends a lot when it was on, but, like, it's on Nick at Night now, which is weird, because... Like, oh, man. Yeah, the prerequisite to be on Nick at Night for me is, like, you're a show that's been off the air for over ten years, but it hasn't quite been ten years for Friends. It's I don't remember enough of Rachel's, like, misdeeds to go off the top of my head, and most of her misdeeds were, like, I think she cheated on a guy once or twice, and um, I know she tried to stop Ross's wedding, but, like, I mean, mm-hmm. Betty blew up a, a guy's apartment and, like, abandoned him on Christmas. You know, it's... So the Betty crimes are more fresh in my mind, so I, I really don't have an even case to judge Karen Green against Rachel Karen Green. Um, Karen Green, why is that name familiar? 
Oh no, yeah, because Karen Green, Karen was uh, Rachel's middle name, but I don't have enough evidence to judge Rachel against Betty. Chris, do you think we'll ever see a Doctor Strange movie? Or him popping up at Marvel Studios. There's actually talk of Thor 2 having Doctor Strange in it. Yeah. yeah, either either way, I think a Doctor Strange movie is probably inevitable. They're going to probably churn out as many as they can. It'll, I bet it'll at least be out by the time Avengers 3 comes out. I, I, I uh, the, What's his name from Grey's Anatomy has been petitioning to be Doctor Strange? McDreamy? Uh, Mc, McDreamy uh, from Can't Buy Me Love in the 80s. What's his name? Um, Patrick McDreamy? Oh, Patrick, uh, what's his name? Not the same one that, that played Multiple Man in X-Men 3, right? No, no, that's Mc, next. That's McSteamy. Okay, that's not helping, <laughs> teenage girls. Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey, thank you very much. Teenage, teenage girl. girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was just called a teenage girl by a vampire lover. Uh, <laughs> pardon me while I sparkle. Uh, JR, have you ever picked up any of the toss... The original series. Thank you very much. Era comic books that have been produced through the years by various publishers. Well, toss the original series. That's that's a, a, a <laughs> acronym for start referring to the original Star Trek series. Oh, okay. Yeah, got he, it. he's asking about Star Trek comic books uh, from the uh, based on the original Cruise Adventures. Steve, I don't know how old you are, but I. I think I'm fairly comfortable in saying that I was buying original series era comic books before you were born. Uh, <laughs> I've been buying them since the Gold Key issues, and I have every series, not every Gold Key one, that's about impossible, but from uh, Marvel on to the current IDW, I, do, I stopped buying, I have all of them until the IDW series because I couldn't justify the three ninety nine cost for... Uh, for what I was getting, but uh, the answer to your question is a big, definite yes. I, I read them until the Marvel era, when Marvel got the rights back. And that Captain uh, Pike series wasn't that, wasn't that bad. Mm. But uh, what you going to do? Brad, love the Wizard World coverage. Any plans to cover C2E2 next spring? No, not really. Um, I don't know if I uh, have any people that listen to the show that would like to cover it, like get some pictures and maybe some video or audio interviews. But uh, no, don't plan on any. The, my next convention trip is going to be in San Diego in 2014. 20. Cross, your, cross your fingers if, if the floods don't. If the, what's the the creek don't rise and the floods uh, don't produce clones. Uh, Spider Go for 24, Minneapolis, Minnesota. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking a Minnesota right here. Are you sure it's one of these? Yeah, well, Kevin shipped me a few <laughs> Bud Lights. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what is it about Peter's Spider-Man that appeals to you the most to everyone? For me, it's all about the responsibility when given the opportunity to help others, as well as the accountability to own up to your actions, especially your mistakes. The women and how much sex he has with them. Well, there's Don's answer. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the human. I, we've pretty much hit up about it. it's. He's the most human character of all of them. He's the everyman. I think that's what attracts us so much to us. I think that and like, the humor. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the that hum- like uh you know I think if you rely on the everyman thing it gets really annoying because you're making excuses for him to sound to come off as stupid, which is basically how he's been the last five years I think that there is definitely an everyman quality to him but that that is more how how he is relatable innately not just how he's written but how he just comes off like in my opinion the JMS era to everyone what do you think is the best book that Marvel's putting out right now Mark Waite's Daredevil's tops for me I enjoy that book Ultimate Spider-Man Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery ooh that's a really good book too anybody else Ultimate Spider-Man I'm enjoying Miles also yeah it's a good book it's not disappointing me like at all so far. No, I and also Spider Man. I think the miniseries is pretty good. I like I like the issue where he was talking to Gwen and Aunt May. It was very slow at first, but I thought that issue was great. I I did too. And where Miles is looking at Peter's web shooters. Yeah. He's like, these are neat. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Josh, what are some good Star Wars podcasts out there in addition to your awesome Marvel Star Wars one? Yes, there's one that I did a dozen episodes of. Uh, two years ago and then was never heard from again. Although after uh, my recent convention experience, I'm actually, I, I haven't released them yet, but I'm producing multiple episodes at once. So that way I can bring it back and like actually make sure that it comes out. 
Other uh, good podcasts, um, my friends uh, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell, they have a podcast called Two True Freaks, and there's like a sub-like show within their show called Star Wars Monthly Mondays, where they, they look at different things, including the Marvel comics and some of the novels. Uh, th- th- those episodes run pretty long, which is which is good for long trips, and I like that. Um, I listened, I've been listening to a whole lot of them the last few weeks, because I was wondering what ones were covering the convention, and... Do not wreck it. Oh, <laughs> I'm was reading something that Don sent me in the other window. Sorry, edit that out yep. if you can, because it's it's incriminating. <laughs> um, the Wampus Lair podcast, uh, they do a good show. I uh, I saw the live recording of the 100 episode of Frontlines, which is a Clone Wars podcast. The Force Cast is a Star Wars podcast, which is very very controversial. It's um. It's well produced. They've been around for a while, um, but some people feel like they're a Lucasfilm mouthpiece now. Regardless, they they get a lot of scoops, but it's a very divisive podcast. If you think that our iTunes reviews are divisive, get get a load of theirs. Okay, uh, let's see, Donovan. Who's your favorite doctor? Tenant all the way for him. Yeah, uh, literally right now I got a post there from San Diego with David Tennant. But that being said. Matt Smith is so good that it's, it's practically equal right now. I mean, that guy is amazing, but currently I, I really do love the 10th Doctor, played by David Tennant. JR, I'm interested in delving into the world of Star Trek. What would be a good way of going about it? Oh, my God. You've asked a, <laughs> you've asked a question that would take hours to adequately. Uh, but I'll, I, if I don't satisfactorily answer this for you, uh, Spider Gopher, please PM me and uh, ask me some other questions, and we'll see if we can uh, get this question answered for you. Because it is a good question, but there have been so many Star Trek series First of all, it depends on kind of how you like your characters in your science fiction. The original Star Trek is very much a product of the 1960s, a product of uh, America's 1960s outlook on its role in the world. The characters are a bit over, they're a bit, you know, kind of overplayed, a little overdrawn. They're cheesy. Uh, the humor's cheesy. But. Something between the characters and the the actors that live them and the chemistry they have, even if the actors didn't like each other, which some of them didn't, they make <laughs> yeah. that show they make that show work and they make it click. Um, yeah. The prototypical Star Trek adventure from the original series you should start with though would be The Wrath of Khan, which is the best movie, and it mm-hmm. kind of encapsulizes all that was great about classic Star Trek. You have a uh, you have the the Kirk Spock relationship. You have Spock and McCoy arguing. You have cheesy humor. You have an over the top villain who is fun, fun as hell. Uh, you got a lot of loud explosions and un, and you have an undercurrent of humanity and emotion, uh, which is kind of at the core of Star Trek. Um, the Next Generation, which I did like for the most part, um, is a wiser, more mature, consistently better produced show. It has Patrick Stewart, which is oh, yeah. plus in anything. But I, I, for me, I felt the characters were a little less human, a little less fully drawn and fully realized, except for maybe Worf and possibly Data. And that is due to Gene Roddenberry getting completely weird as he got older and, and in Rick Berman not having a, a clue. Um, <laughs> but if you uh, if you want to look at the next generation, I would say start with, as far as movies, definitely go with the, um, oh, shit, the one where they travel back in time. Which one was that? First Contact. Voyage Home. First no, 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 the, uh, the next generation crew. Oh, uh, first, con- first, first contact. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then, as far as TV shows, you know, do a Google and see what people are saying are the best episodes of those TV shows. The classic yeah. Star Trek will be the City on the Edge of Forever, the Tribbles. Uh, uh, Next Generation will be like Best of Both Worlds, Inner Light, um, Yesterday's Measure of a Man, Yesterday's Enterprise. You know, and then kind of make your decision there because yeah. I think you can like both shows. But there are certain things I think about them that will appeal to different people. For me, I, I like the cheesy, over-the-top stuff of the original show. The rest of the series, Deep Space Nine was a good show, but it's not Star Trek. Voyager and Enterprise, the less said about the better. Um, 
I'll answer, you know, PM me, I'll answer any questions you like, because it is a good question and, and one which the time we have is incapable of adequately addressing. Yeah. And I'm a Trekker, too, and I'm, I actually liked Voyager and Enterprise, too. They both had good episodes in their seven- and four-year What run. is it that people no. don't like about Voyager? That's oh, rough. gosh. In general, it just sucks. Well, that's specific. No, TNR I mean, 105 has another Star Trek question for JR. <laughs> Rumor is that the Khan will not be the villain in the next Star Trek movie, that Benedict Cumberbatch will actually be playing the character of Gary Mitchell. What are your thoughts on that? The Gary Mitchell thing, um, even though uh, years ago, you know, a few years ago when I think the producers said, well, it's going to be one of five villains from the first season, and Gary Mitchell was one of them. I don't think it's going to be Gary Mitchell. The Gary Mitchell one recently started because Carl Urban, who plays Dr. McCoy, was fooling with the fans, which he likes to yep. do. You know, Ur- Urban apparently is a Star Trek fan, but he also likes to fool with people. And so he said that Cumberbatch is going to play the uh, good Gary Mitchell. It's not going to be Gary Mitchell. We don't know for sure it's going to be Khan, but considering that the original, the actor originally off for the role was Benicio del Toro, uh, who does not look like Chris Pine's contemporary, which Gary Mitchell would have been. Uh, the next two actors considered were also of Latin extraction. Uh, yep. <laughs> and ben- <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch got the part, apparently, because he sent in a taped audition which blew their socks off. Yeah. Now, how can a white guy be con? Well, then again, you know, how could a, a Mexican guy be con as well, when you think about it? Because con was yeah. an Indian. It's science fiction, and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, if Cumberbatch is as good as they say he is, which apparently everybody who has seen him in the BBC, BBC Sherlock raves about him, if he's that good of an actor, it won't ma- matter what color he is. Right. Uh, uh, Bertoni, we haven't heard your thoughts on The Dark Knight Rises. We've heard Don's. I liked it. I saw it three times. Um, I thought it was the best of the three of the Nolan ones. It's not my favorite. Batman movie, just my favorite of this current series. It's uh, it's it's long though. Um, like that's some of its weaknesses. Yeah. But it's it, it was on a, it was on a much more epic scale. And uh, boy, are the memes all over the place. Emerald Spider to everyone. Have you any of you read Spider Man's big role in Avengers versus X Men number nine? What did you think? I think it might be Spidey's greatest moment as an Avenger. Also, do you think Spidey should remain an Avenger in Marvel now? That issue was good. Where um, he described was it the hope that he was talking with the Colossus? Is I read Brian no, Bradley's review of it. Well, that's where he fought Colossus and his sister. Um, but he was talking about what it's like to be an Avenger. Was he saying it's all my fault? No, no, <laughs> no. It, he had a good fight, and it reminded me of Secret Wars, I, I didn't where he took it. on all the X Men, and the Avengers had to retreat. And Spider-Man's like, I got this, and he takes on a phoenix-powered colossus and his sister Ileana, I think is her name, yeah. and uh, he 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 outsmarts him and wins, and it takes him out, and it was it was freaking sweet, I freaking loved it. So <laughs> so check it out. Uh, let's see, still a nerd, uh, Washington State. Greetings, gang. Uh, here's a hypothetical for all of you. Let's say due to recent events that have been occurring lately in the Spider-Man comics, Peter Parker is driven into a position where he's forced to deliberately kill one of his villains like Doc Ock in order to save the lives of those close to him like Aunt May and Mayor Jane. How do you believe this would affect the character and those who know him? If possible, what could be a legal ramification if Spidey did kill someone in order to save someone else? And how would you, as readers, react to such a development? Chris, that's a legal question, and you are our legal correspondent. Help me with that. What are the possible legal ramifications for killing somebody? Of (laughs) your masked vigilante. If you're a death (laughs) absolutely nothing. Yeah. um, Well, look, if you're a masked vigilante, who are they going to prosecute, right? But, like, if your identity is known, you could get charged for murder, and then the question would be, whether or not protecting somebody else is a valid defense, and that'd probably just depend on the specific circumstances and what the law of the state where it happens is. And basically, that's all I can really say about it. Gotcha. All right, let's see. Um, FSU Spider Fan from North Carolina. I recently watched Linkara's review of OMD, and it was hilarious. He posed what he thought of... He, what he thought was a slightly less annoying of the version of the one more day deal. 
Basically, it was to have Mary Jane get shot, and then Spider-Man sacrifice their marriage and his happiness to save the love of his life. That way, he didn't give up a life of a nookie, life of <laughs> life of nookie, with a supermodel for a couple more years. Tops with his practically mummified ants slinging wheat cakes for him. Preferably, this could have been done with a time travel story rather involving the freaking devil. What do you guys think of the scenario over the crap fest we got? And also, if you absolutely had to end the spire marriage, how would you do it? That is such a loaded question. We could talk for hours about, like, yeah. I, I almost feel like, no offense, FSU Spider fan, this is nothing against you at all, but it's 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 so irrelevant to say, what if they would have done this instead of One More Day? Because they could have done so many other things than One More Day. Like, there's a million things that could have made it a better story. That's just uh, the nature of the thing. If we had to end the spider marriage, I don't think any one of us would have said no. with the same. It's an, it's an interesting question to pose, though. Yeah, it is. That, um, what if Mary Jane got shot instead of Aunt May? They did a what I, for that. I, oh, they did? did they really? I didn't read that. Yeah. A few years ago. I think. I think that would have been a better deal. I think that would have he would have sacrificed his marriage to save his love. That would have made a lot more sense that, because that would have made him more human, human or relatable. You can, every you can not although if you're so if you're taking it from the if if we're still going with the devil story there if you're taking it from the devil's perspective he wouldn't be giving up anything in that deal because he loses his marriage if she dies too. Mm, that's true. What's what's in it for the antagonist? Exactly. Yeah, the, the devil gets nothing. Okay. Campbell Bell Dropout. Uh, I enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Has anyone downloaded the Spider-Man game app on their iPhone? It's like 7 bucks, and basically a simple version of Spider-Man 2 on your iPhone. You get to swing around New York as Spidey in an open-world setting. Also, if anyone has downloaded, how do you beat the damn lizard? <laughs> so, I I have not downloaded. That's 7 bucks for need is much. Say again. You stab him in the head with a needle. Stab him in the head with a needle. Yeah, and show him a picture of Billy. No, I'm joking. I don't think anyone's downloaded, honestly. I don't have an iPhone. Uh, What's the best way... Oh, Kevin? No, I was just going to say I would never download an app for $6.99. They're mostly free. Yeah. What's the best way to get back issues besides trades? I've listened to some podcasts that discuss the dollar bin in comic stores, but I've yet to come across the elusive bin. I keep finding the $3 bin. <laughs> That's called the shelf. Uh, <laughs> I, I like uh, – We've I've actually got a link on the front page, and, and I use them, mycomicshop.com. Uh, they have, I think, the best stock. They're a Texas-based company. And they have a bunch of back issues. And I think they if you subscribe to their uh, newsletter and you get a weekly email, they, they have a 10% off deal. So on various titles, they'll, they'll, they'll be like Mar- Marvel A through L are on sale this week. So you can put them in your shopping cart. So I think that's the best way. So mycomicshop.com. That's say, Campbell, I'm sorry, does Campbell drop out, say where he's from? Because... You know, because, you know, I don't know, you must not have very many comic shops in your area, or you must not, because if you're in any kind of metropolitan area, there are usually several comic shops, and and you're going to find at least one that does have, where they're trying to blow out all their inventory. Um, Now, you do have some of them that are smaller, that operate on a lot thinner margins, that probably don't have a lot lot of deep back stock, you know, but... You should still be able to find some because there's there's a lot of stores that have a lot of issues that every once in a while they're trying to blow out, but just don't expect a whole lot a lot of gems in that dollar bin. Yeah, I, it was actually funny in Chicago. Um, I was talking to a dealer and I noticed up on his wall of the most prized possessions was the Rocket Raccoon uh, four issue miniseries from the eighties. And he he said this is hot, and I was like that thing's been in the dollar bin for decades. He was like, man, people are snatching it up. The Rocket Raccoon, uh, tr- uh, four issue series by Mike Mangolia from the '80s, all because Rocket Raccoon's going to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, zip line. Uh, what does everyone on the crawl space think of Spider-Man's new short new wing quote? Voiced by Josh Keaton, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. I have no idea what that is. I'm sorry. Quote. 
Well, it's, I don't know what it was. Well, in, the, in the game, when you beat somebody in Marvel's Capcom, they have like a quote. Like in Marvel's Capcom 2, he would pop out a, a, a camera, web it up, and say, one for JJ. So like his, he actually has a link, which I'm going to look at right now, what he says. Okay. We'll hit his other questions up. As long as Marvel is owned by Disney, it might be a fair game to ask, do you think you will ever see the Marvel characters in Pixar movies or Disney creations? show up as playable characters across Marvel's video games? Should Marvel characters like the X-Men Spider-Man cast get an appearance in Kingdom Hearts like Disney's Donald Duck, Hercules, Aladdin, Cloud, and... Bertone, that sounds like you. Hit that one up. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, in things like um, the last Toy Story movie, when they're in the preschool, they have, like, all these different toys, uh, for, like a Barbie there or something. So, like, maybe if there's, like, a Toy Story short, you might see a, like, they have those little shorts in front of all the other Pixar movies now. You might see a Spider-Man toy or something like that. I, I think there's well, you know, there's uh, Disney. Because Phineas and Ferb is yeah. in the I was just going just to say that, yeah. Okay, uh, real quick, just because he asked the question, I looked at that, that quote. When Spider-Man beats an enemy and uh, also Marvel's Capcom 3, his quote is, you look kind of like the guy who ruined my marriage. Oh. And it's said by Josh Keaton. Oh, Josh, why'd you have to say that? That's funny. <laughs> that can't be Yo, that can't, that's, that's no, gotta no, no, be. no, it's real because his opponent is a Capcom character who looks like a devil. So it's like 100%. Oh, that's funny. It's got to be a fan edit, though. No, 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 because like, I heard it's the, for real. Like, and you, see, you can see like the caption because these games are subtitled even though you hear the voices. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I'll have, to, I'll have to watch that video. Thank you for providing the link. That's nuts. Cure for a video game. It is. Chris, got a Venom question. Uh, you're our symbiote guy now, it seems. Uh, <laughs> does anyone feel that Minimum Carnage might be used as a means to continue killing off every other symbiote after Venom and his son, since Marvel likes leaving behind all the other spawn in limbo for over a decade and outright murder them? Well, first of all, just, you know, because I'm enjoying, like, the current series of Venom, it doesn't make me, like, a symbiote expert or anything. So if I kind of held myself out that way, I'd be kind of a poser. I'm not, like, Morbius or Kevin, I mean, who is a Morbius expert, as in he's actually read every appearance of Morbius and really, you know, is a historian on that character. I've, like, barely read, like, a few 90s Venom series and, like, you know, I've read what what I've read, so it's not like I can really be a go-to guy for the history. But to answer the question, I do not really think that they're going to kill off Carnage, if that's what he's asking, because they just brought him back. So I don't think there's like a Marvel mandate to kill off all the symbiotes. And they did kill Hybrid, Scream, and the host of Toxin, but that was all Rick Remender, and he doesn't have anything to do with this uh, series, so... I, you know, I'm not really scared that we're going to lose Carnage. Right. Uh, since this year is the 25th anniversary of Spider-Man's marriage, is it really? Wow, 87, yeah. Uh, I'd like to ask if anyone thinks that the iconic marriage will survive even after one more day has been published. Will we see other continuities embrace it instead of the regular 616 like the recent Clone Saga? Alt, take, and Age of X. Was he asking? Yeah, I mean, like he's like even after one more day's one more day's been published, the marriage didn't survive. It's, uh, I'd like to see if anyone thinks of that. I can't remember survive even after one more day's been published. Thinking, if, if if it will like like be in the popular culture, people will remember it years from now. It's in the newspaper strip, and it's in like, yeah. other continuities. So it'll also there was other like I mean going back to like video games like like when he was married, other media adapted it. Like at one point in the comic, he was mm-hmm. the cartoon he was married. In the in a, in a Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin, he was married. Uh, Marvel Capcom Heroes, he was married. So, yeah. In my opinion, we'd uh, all feel safer punching Spider-Man in the mouth for saving the life of a mass murderer involves a Colorado. T- what are we talking about here? Biological weapon just panic and commits genocide, thus making an enemy of the state. Would anyone agree that Spider-Man saving Cassidy from Venom's gun was counterproductive and should have just let let Flash do his Sounds job? Sounds awfully political. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because, oh. well, not funny, but, like, since there has been an actual mass murder in a Colorado town recently, you know, it's a little close to home, but I think he actually yeah. is talking about Carnage going to Colorado in the books. So, like, you know, he's not bringing up Aurora. Um, but, you know, I'm actually reading the Carnage series in trade, so I haven't read that book yet, so I don't have an opinion yet. 
Funny K from Scotland. I dropped Spider-Man at when Omet hit, and I was super annoyed at Shed. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Obviously, a lot has changed kind of in the comic world, and as I find myself being drawn back into my part. Uh, my question is, is it worth picking Spider-Man back up when we head into 700? Uh, this issue? No. After Alpha, you heard our grades are pretty low. But uh, as they they fluctuate month in and month out, so he's not consistently great. Is I think is the only thing you can get away from, come away with it. Mm. Uh, more of a story into a question. After six months ago, I passed up the opportunity to go see a television show in favor of a date. Good man. There you go. What I wasn't aware of was that Stanley himself was set to be on the TV show. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, I was exceptionally irritated. Anyone, anyway, anyone else had near misses with comic book legends or anyone you really wanted to meet in general? Yes, last month. Who? Um, at the second day of the Star Wars convention, George Lucas like made a bunch of surprise appearances at panels, and we saw him at some of the panels. But like, we wanted to get like a picture and an autograph. Um, I, I was with the kid when I say. We. And, like, we, we just missed him at, like, one of the backstage area. And there was a bunch of panels that we were going to do that day, and, like, we had to, like, pick which ones. And there was one called, like, Calling All Kids, and it was, like, some mysterious thing, and, like, we weren't sure what it was. And we were late for it because uh, we were at one of the other, like, stations, and we peeked in there for, like, two minutes to see what it was, and they were showing some cartoons, so we left. I came to find out later that it was, like, George Lucas premiering some, like, Young Jedi cartoon, and he, like, sat down, like, in the audience, like, with the kids to, like, get their reactions about the cartoon. And I was like, darn it! Yeah. I wanted to... What, JR? No, I was going to say, I had a story. Uh, First of all, well, it's what I would have done. Okay, I, everyone knows I'm a big Star Trek fan. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Spock's my favorite. And a few years ago, I was one of those people. I paid 70 bucks to have my picture taken with Leonard and shake his hand. Okay, mm-hmm. 30-something years ago, if I was 16 or 17 years old, you know what? Leonard loses. I'm sorry. I go on yeah. a date. <laughs> no doubt. The question is if the kid got a second date with this gal that he went out with. I, I, uh, hey, considering how my date yeah. in life was at 16 or 17, even if it was the first date, Leonard still loses. <laughs> Kev, Stanley, or a woman? Uh, <laughs> woman. Um, I did have an actual <laughs> short story from uh, New York Comic Con when I went there. Uh, you know, everybody's walking fast at certain points of those conventions, so I'm crossing really fast, and then this huge tall guy is crossing the other way, and I we literally are like a half an inch from knocking each other over, or more like him knocking me over, because he was a big tall guy. Um, I just said sorry, I kept going, and a little while later I realized, holy crap, it was J. Michael Straczynski that almost knocked me over. I should <laughs> talk to him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Abul Aziz from the Cajun Land and Westchester. BD, what's your opinion of Spider-Man babbling about everything, every freaking moment in the new video game, the movie tie-in one? Spider-Man is a babbler. He likes to talk a lot. I didn't. I didn't really. It didn't really take me out of the game. It's been a couple months since I played it though. Jr., will you dedicate a time for a original versus remake edited? For the Richard Rally story and his election story, the classic spectacular Spider-Man giant magazine passed through Daredevil continuity, but the remake retcon stuff and changed its position in continuity and give us a brief thought now. I don't understand that question, Jr. Uh, I think he's asking that if I ever get off my lazy butt and start writing again. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, Abdul... I got a whole lot of stuff that's half written, and this isn't even on the radar, nor will it ever be. So <laughs> that's kind of the, that's my answer. Chris, here's a strange question for you, as if the first one wasn't Mephisto. Uh or okay? Is that a female Mephisto? I don't know. I think he's making a um, like allusion to Doctor Strange because maybe Mephisto is a Doctor Strange character. And for some reason, I keep getting Doctor Strange questions, and I think it's because I posted that I had read an essential on, like, the message board. And so I guess the perception has gone around that I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. A lot of stereotypes on this website. Yeah. Uh, One question. Do you want a female? Would that be a female Mephisto? I mean, what is a Mephisto? Why why does Marvel have so many female, like, alternatives? I don't know, dude. (laughs) Alternate versions, like. I don't know. One question aimed at the rest of the crew. 
Would it be satisfy? Would you be satisfied if Stegron made an animated appearance in the upcoming Avengers show and fights Black Panther? I'd be happy for George. Stegron yeah. versus Black Panther. Black Panther kills. Are they arch enemies? I don't Why know. Why would I care? Exactly. <laughs> Wombat. Wombat. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Wombat 909 from King's Landing. Game of Thrones. I caught up on both seasons. Awesome, by the way. To all, has anyone read Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine miniseries by Jason Aaron from last year? Thoughts on it? Bertoni had thoughts on it when it came out about how it's obscure that something life-changing happened to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. He, almost, he almost got married, or he proposed? Well, he, he was going to propose. He had, like, a ring, and this was, like, the love of his life, and then, like, they go back to the future, because they're, like, in colonial times together or something. I like that book. I, I actually read good. it, and I'm not sure that Spider-Man and Wolverine work as well together as like, people like to think. I don't know. Yeah. I, they kind of play off this, like, buddy relationship that they sort of assumed to them, where I think it would be fit better with him and Daredevil. It wasn't a bad story, but, like, I think it's sort of, like, it, it's kind of written weird. Uh, I have an interview with Jason Aaron. He was at a local comic shop, so if you go back on the old episodes, you can hear it. Don, are there any team-ups between two characters that you're particularly fond of? Batman and Spider-Man. I have both their crossovers. I don't care what Dan Slott says. Those are awesome. All right. Uh, Reign of the Spider-Men. No location, BD. What series from Marvel Now will be on your pull list? I'm stoked for the bag for Bagley on Fantastic Four. I'm looking forward to Bagley on Fantastic Four also. I think uh, Hickman had a great run. I think it's kind of petering out towards the end, but I think he had a great run. Captain America drawn by John Romita Jr. I'm looking forward to. Uh, Mark Wade on the Hulk sounds awesome. I uh, unfortunately didn't like Jason Aaron uh, Hulk at all. I just thought that wasn't a good match. Uh, however, Jason Aaron on the Punisher, epic. Uh, let's see. Donovan, what is your favorite issue of Bagley Art? Batman and Spider-Man crossover. <laughs> or, or, or ASM 400, maybe. And JR, best of luck, my friend. <laughs> That's all he says for you, JR. <laughs> well, your you you're, you're concern for my well-being is highly appreciated. Thank you. There you go. Dave Lar, no location. Do you think there's some specific reason that there, there's been a distinct lack of trades of specific eras of Spider-Man, particularly by DeFalco and Friends? Racism. I can answer. I think I can answer this. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Just why, why? Like, okay. So, you know, we haven't always been in a situation where every single issue of every single series was being collected like um, it is now. That's just sort of a new innovation, and people hadn't always expected that. So once they got Marvel, like got to that mindset and figured out that business model, you know, there are two logical things: do the first issues of everything, and do the stuff that's coming out now. And all the stuff yeah. in between is going to get neglected, I think, just naturally, because you know it's all the new stuff that's been collected. The old stuff is like collected in Masterworks and Essentials, and then it, you know they do like the big like landmark stories from in the middle, like say Frank Miller's Daredevil or something like that. But you know they they just haven't gotten around to that stuff yet. I, and trust me, Marvel will get around to it eventually. Everything's getting traded. It's it, just a matter. They just of time. traded Spider Hunt. Which is a good story, yeah. but like that's 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 very obscure almost. That's that's in the middle. That's in the in the middle of the run. So the Falco Friends run was collected in the costume of the Alien Saga. Mm, I've got that. That's yeah. a lot of it though. Yeah. What people don't realize about that run though is that after that, like, it wasn't a very consistent run. I don't mean it wasn't consistently good, but there'd be like a three issue story arc, then like a fill in issue. Like that's where the commuter thing happened. Then there was lots mm -hmm. of fill in, and then there'd be issues that like DeFalco would write, but friends wouldn't draw. And it it was kind of all over the place at one point. Um, yeah. I remember like. I just remember, like, Friends was not drawing every issue. So when you say, like, DeFalco Friends, even though it was a period of a few years, like, they only did about maybe half of that uh, New Year's period. Wallcrawler is a first-time Waller, long-time crawler. <laughs> nice. I like that. That's very nice. I've been playing catch-up with the podcast, and I've only been listening to them recently. I've followed the site for a while, but can't remember if this issue has been touched on, so I'll ask it anyway. What's your humble opinion of the Spider-Man noir books, and should it be a more popular trend in the Marvel Universe? I have not read them. I, I uh, don't own them, actually. I, I've been meaning to track them down. 
But uh, I liked him in the video game. I thought the video game was cool. Anybody read the Spider-Man Noir mini? No, didn't. I haven't read any of the noir minis, actually. Just, I kind of, I think a problem with that kind of thing is it's really hard to sell a reader like me on there being a point, you know? Yeah, it's not like, 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 wouldn't it be cool kind of idea with the thing, but I, I've, I've been meaning to, but I never got around to it. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. You guys are doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work. So thank you, first time Waller, long time crawler. That was awesome. Uh, Looney Dak. Its location is nowhere middle of. Food for thought. To whoever desires to answer, apart from the cliche Electro as Red Skull Jr. gag, what do you think Chapter 1 would have... How do you think Chapter 1 would have been different if John Simper, 90s animated writer, director, producer, had written it? <laughs> would it have been better, similar, or perhaps even more poorly received? It would have been better because he's from the, the 90s show, which is awesome. The Kingpin would have been behind everything instead of Norman Hobbit. <laughs> and George would have had to drunk, drink with them. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam would have been the Hobgoblin's cousin, not Norman Osborn. And Mary Jane would have been a, uh, <laughs> a water clone. What? <laughs> the things that we associate with the 90s show, like water clones instead of like actual like you know clones that have organs and die and like Spider-Man can't punch and time dilation portholes instead of like that was because of Fox like Semper actually writing without like restrictions like Morbius can actually you know bite people with his teeth that that's something that we've never seen <laughs> right cool all right, that is the last of the message board questions. Thank you so much for asking them. Let's wrap this show up with recommendations. Let's go around the horn. Uh, Kev, welcome back to the show. What's your recommendations? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've welcome been recommendations. What I meant to say. But go ahead. <laughs> I've been catching up on a lot of comics lately because I was at least a month or two behind on most things. I've already talked about. Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery in this uh, podcast a couple of times, and that's because it's such a great book. Just read the thing, okay? Um, Scott Snyder's Batman is excellent. Uh, Nightwing is quite good right now. Um, I'm loving Ultimate Spider-Man. Great book. Winter Soldier is a fantastic book. Um, That's about all I can think of right now. Uh, I've probably built up 20,000 TV shows since the last time I was doing recommendations on the podcast, so I'll just trickle those out later. That's what I got for now. All right, cool. Don, recommendations. Uh, I'm going to go through these quickly, although there's a number of them, because I actually forgot about a few things, but this will be fast. Um, If you've not seen The Dark Knight Rises, and I'm I'm not sure it's still in theaters, but see it, because it really is awesome. I mean, I've been very pleased with the superhero movie this this summer. I don't have favorites, because they're all fun in their own different ways. Uh, see Spider-Man, see Avengers, and see Batman, because they all rule. Um, I've been catching up on uh, some anime, which no one cares about, but the uh, people in the anime, Manga Threat, like Lady Spider and Wolfman and all those guys. Uh, I saw Code Geass at the early beginning of summer. It's it's okay. It's it's um, it's decent. It's a little... It's very, very, like, stereotypical, but it's entertaining for what it is. Um, Stella <laughs> has, like, forced me to watch this really girly show <laughs> called Oron Host High Club, um, which is actually oh. really interesting in a very, very, like, genderqueer way, and I'm not even joking. Uh, but it, if you want to try something that's completely outside of your realm of, like, fighting and drama shows, then, you know, check, check that out if you want to kind of, like, uh, re, uh, remind yourself of your sexuality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> weird recommendation, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I uh, rewatched The Incredibles, which I have. I've not read, I've seen it in a while. Not if you, nobody's seen The Incredibles, that's just an awesome movie. That is so funny. We had that on last night with Ava. That that movie is so good. Like, that's a ten out of ten movie to me. And um, is there anything else? Uh, just um, oh yeah, I'll just I'll just recommend uh, if you if you are interested in Batman because of the summer, just check over uh, uh, BatmanUniverse.net where, where uh, myself, Stella, and some other people will review the Batman comics. Uh, JR, any recommendations, sir? Well, I'm going to owe Mr. Cushing something of an apology. Uh, <laughs> years ago, um, I participated in our gleeful ridiculing of his masculinity uh, when he recommended <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Oh no! <laughs> no! Oh, no! no! <laughs> no it, this is not this is not Gilmore Girls, but it's it's probably even worse. Um, oh no, JR. 
my daughter was in the uh, lead in was the lead in a community theater production this year. It was a musical, and um, because I was biased and I thought my little girl, girl did a good job, um, I even beyond that, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the show. And uh, um, I listened to the original Broadway soundtrack, and uh, you know, just to see what it was like, and and I really liked that too. <laughs> And, and so I'm going to recommend the musical version of Little Women. Oh, JR. <laughs> 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 or was it such a song? Oh. In doing research, I've learned about Sutton Foster, who, if, if I wasn't so happily and deliriously married, I think would be my latest crush. But um, I'm, I'm just feeling really vulnerable right now, so I'll... Uh, <laughs> You know, turn in my man card and, and go away. Little, little women just recommended on you know the what? podcast. Rather than uh, the turnabout is fair play comments <laughs> from me on JR, I'm going to say it takes some balls to say that. So good for you, JR. Big, big brass ones. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Little, any little women recommendations? No. Oh, man, this is the part of the uh, show that I always forget to prepare for, so I always have to stumble and mumble and think about what I've liked lately. I have liked this past half season of Breaking Bad that just ended. The show is sadly um, on hiatus until next year, I believe, but that show is amazing. It is the best show on AMC, surpassing Mad Men and um, Walking Dead, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil, like, the premise too much for people who haven't heard it but like it's basically about a high school teacher who goes into the meth manufacturing business and um in order to support his family after he passes away because he finds he has cancer but in you know in this latest season he's uh finding that his uh dealings in the criminal world are actually pushing his family away until this meth business is all he has and now even he's pushing his partners away and just a sort of self-destructive cycle. So it's a very fascinating uh, TV show, um, and it keeps getting better and better. So I'll give it it's on It's on Netflix, and I've, it's in my queue. I have not started you it. You have to. It's great. I have heard so many good things about it. I have to. You're required. Right. As soon as I get done with the Little Women soundtrack. <laughs> JR, I'm bu- busting your brass ones. <laughs> I don't so have sorry. any anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Chris? That was good. No. Um, okay. Yeah, I haven't been reading very many comics other than the ones that I review for uh, Crawl Space. Uh, okay. Mostly I've been going through back issues. In I actually do have a local comic book shop with the coveted uh, dollar bill, dollar bin, rather, and I've been uh, filling in the gaps of my uh, J.M. DeMatteis, uh, Sal Buscema, Spectacular Spider-Man run, which, I, which I believe to be the height of Spider-Man. So, you know, I would recommend nice. that to anybody who hasn't read it already. Or Tony, what do you like? Okay, I gotta take some of the heat off of Kevin for his Gilmore Girls uh, recommendation from years ago, and Jr. for his Little Women one. So um, this summer, with you know all my shows on summer hiatus, I went on Netflix. Yeah, Donovan knows this one's coming. <laughs> this was actually his idea. You said, "Oh yeah, you gotta recommend it on Crawl Space." I watched this summer all eight seasons of Desperate Housewives, and oh lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was a show that this would be like a show about cougars having sex. It's like a murder mystery show. There's like villains and like evil. These women commit so many crimes and the first season was actually really, really good. Really, really engaging soap opera. It got really bad, but I just kept on watching because this show was so outrageous and at least like ten times a week I would would call Donovan and I'd be like, you're never going to guess what these crazy women did this week. (laughs) <laughs> it was always, like, crazy, like, stealing babies and, like, stuff like that. And, like, at the end of the show, though, they're finally, like, on trial for their crimes. And they get away with murder, which just, like, left a bad taste in my mouth. They they get away with murder, and they throw a party for getting away with murder. And then one of them becomes a politician, so. Wow. So, uh, does anybody else feel like, with these recommendations, that the Crawl Space panel has turned into an episode of The View? <laughs> Does that make me Barbara Walters or Whoopi? <laughs> Your choice. You're no. pretty easily. And um, I, 
I don't want either. <laughs> Anything else, Josh? Yeah, um, I, I recommend a convention. I went to Star Wars Celebration in Orlando a few weeks ago, and that was one of the best convention experiences I ever had. Um, a convention in Florida where I live is really, really nice because the expenses are less. I took one of the kids there, and um, I've been to a lot of conventions, and this one was a lot more family-friendly. They had, like, lots of little stations set up for the kids to do activities, and they had a family room where there was arts and crafts and stuff for the kids. That was nice. I did my first panel ever. Um, Like, I I helped run a panel where we talked about the Marvel Comics series of Star Wars, and we actually had someone from uh, that worked at Lucasfilm who was on the panel with us, so... That was that was a really crazy experience. I got to meet Seth Green and uh, Donald Faison. He's uh, who was Doctor Turk on Scrubs, and uh, at the very oh, from from Clueless, yeah, also yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and a whole show called The X's, which I will never recommend. Hmm. Um, at the end of the convention, though, like this. It, we're having such a good time. We're meeting all these, like, you know, Star Wars celebrities. We're getting autographs. I met James Arnold Taylor, too, if that makes a difference to anyone. We're having the time of our life, and we're like, oh, they got to bring it back to Florida next year, because this isn't an annual convention. They just do it whenever and randomly announce it. So the rumors are flying that, like, they're going to announce it again at Florida, and the kid I'm with is, like, super excited. We're in the front row for closing ceremonies, and they bring out uh, Mary Franklin, the, like, head of Lucasfilm fan relations. She's, like, their a rune, and she's drawing this announcement out. She's like, all right, you guys want to know when the next celebration's going to be? Well, I'm very pleased to tell you all, you're not going to have to wait a year. And, like, the kid and I are squeezing each other's hands like, yeah, <laughs> Star Wars celebration's going to be in Germany! And, like, they, they have a big bad graphic on the screen, and, like, it looked like a Photoshop. Like, I, I thought that was a joke, and then they had this German like band come out and later hose in. And <laughs> what the hell? Like, came out. They're like in German, and I'm like, this is a joke. This is a joke. And, and the kids next to me, he's like, we don't know how to speak German. How? <laughs> can't go to Germany next year. I don't know how to speak German. I I, I felt so trolled, and like um. <laughs> On our way out on the floor, we ran into her, uh, Mary Franklin, like, later that day, and, like, I'm like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And I introduce her to the kid, and he says to her, why'd you have to do it in Germany? We can't speak German! (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't a gag, they're really going to Germany? They're really going to Germany! (laughs) The European Star Wars fans need some love, too, I get it, but, like... You had to tease us like that? Like, they drew it out so much, and oh. Has it always been in Florida? No, no. They, 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 it's like, this was their sixth uh, United States one, and they've had uh, one in Japan and one in Europe. So they, they do. And they've all, this is only their second one in Florida. Their other ones they've had, like, they had one in Los Angeles. But yeah. it, it's, a, it's a good con for, like, uh, they do things. Some of the things that they do with how they run it is better than San Diego. And, like, uh, like the kid had a special needs pass, so we got to sit in the front row of, like, almost every place. And they clear the room after the after uh, some of the panels, so you don't have some of the problems like you did have in San Diego with, you know, having, like, people squatting in hours for lines and stuff like that. Cool. Anything else, Josh, before I hit mine up? Nope, that's it. All right, I've got... Two comics and an odd item. Uh, <laughs> I'll do the odd item. Uh, yesterday, a buddy of mine went down to Bentonville, Arkansas, and we uh, uh, went to a Ferrari convention. And they weren't on time, so we killed time by going to the mall. And we walked into Williams Sonoma, and which is like a, a cooking place, which is random. And I stumbled across – because at this point in my Spider-Man collecting – I just look for the weird collectibles, hence this segment on the front page. And I stumbled across a Spider-Man spatula, where the the bottom of it is is a spider head where you flip your pancake with. So I bought a Spider-Man spatula. If you want to buy any other weird Marvel items there, they have uh, the the faces of like Spider-Man and Cap to make muffins or cupcakes, etc. They also have a Spider-Man cupcake. the the paper that's on the bottom of the cupcake is like old uh, Ramita images, and you can put uh, 
there's Spider-Man images that are on the end of a toothpick that you can put in your cupcakes. So that was just random. I'll, the segue with Josh's stuff, they also have Star Wars stuff, and they have Millennium Falcon uh, cookie cutters and Spider-Man head cookie cutters. So that was kind of funny. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Flip your pancake, huh, Kevin? All right. Uh... <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know if you heard me chuckling when you said you flip your pancake. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not the dirty mind in the room, aren't I? Hey, man. However you flip your pancakes, your own business, all right? Uh, the, my, two, my two comic recommendations. Uh, by the current art writer of Venom, Cullen Bunn, who's also a Missouri guy from St. Louis. He put out a four-issue miniseries that kicks all sorts of ass. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was hilarious. Ooh, I didn't like that. And also graphic. And... Um, I, and Issue one has like been selling out. This is this was kind of flew under the radar, and people are trying to search these four issues back down. But Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Uh, the trade was just solicited, I think, last month or maybe it's this month. It's only like nine bucks or whatever. So pick it up if you if you like Deadpool slaughtering Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I read the last year were the Thunderbolts. I liked it. Uh, Jeff Parker writes it. Uh, I'm not really that keen on the latest Dark Avengers reboot, but I'm more interested in what's happening in the Thunderbolts uh, with that just an odd, odd team. Uh, Moonstone, who's been there since issue one, is there. Uh, if you're a fan of that Roger Stern, John Romita senior classic fight with uh, Hyde, Mr. Hyde is on the team. Um, and Man-Thing now talks. So they have a talking man thing. Sorry, couldn't resist. That sounded bad uh, too. Good God! <laughs> and in the roll. issue, he flip, he flipped a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so track down Thunderbolts. Uh, not it's not it's one of those Marvel books that is kind of overlooked. It's kind of like X Factor, which is a solid solid book. Uh, but Thunderbolts, give it a try. I, it looks like they're possibly going to reboot it with Marvel now. But uh, I'm enjoying I... Thunderbolts. Am I wrong? Didn't they already end Thunderbolts and replace it with Dark Avengers? They did. 175, I think, was the last issue of Thunderbolts, and then it became Dark Avengers with 176. Uh, so I think there's, there was a Marvel Now teaser released with a li- it says Lightning, so I'm thinking they're rebooting Thunderbolts. Yeah. Have, having a Red Hulk, because it's Thunderbolt Ross. Get it? Okay. <laughs> See, so I think Red Hulk is going to lead the Thunderbolts. It's just my guess, just rumors, etc. What I've seen online. All right, final thoughts after this marathon of a show. Any, anyone say anything before I wrap it up with a bow and put it under the tree? I need a hug. I didn't uh, practice my germs. You're practicing your German. Jr. needs a hug, and Kevin needs a drink. All right, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It is very good to be back talking to you guys again. Always a blast. And that's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, let's take another look at the prices from our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. On this example, they're going back to the 1990s and collecting the Spider-Man Mutant Agenda trade paperback. And if you're not familiar with this one, it's a Spider-Man miniseries, and it crossed over with the Spider-Man newspaper strip written by Stan Lee. And Spidey teams up with the Beast, and they fight the Hobgoblin. And it was a fun romp, if I remember correctly. The cover price of the trade is $15.99. Mail order has it for just $9.91, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.